0: Welcome. Welcome to this uh, on-site and online uh, worship celebration for Palm Sunday. Uh, first, if you're online, it might not be actually Palm Sunday when you're watching, but that's okay. It's Palm Sunday right now. We're we're uh, doing this. So, welcome glad you're here thank you for uh, joining us wherever whenever we are here to celebrate our King Jesus I would I would recommend that you uh, kind of just leave these we'll collect them later I was just commenting that traditionally palms that uh, are passed out on Palm Sunday are burned and the ashes used for ash Wednesday the following year these are not good for that. It'd be kind of <laughs> like permanent marker ashes. Uh, not probably the good idea. So uh, just leave these and we'll collect them after the service. But, Hosanna. Hosanna! Hallelujah! Hosanna. Hallelujah. He's, the Lord is here. And, uh, hey, we're on a mission of hope. We're champions of hope. infusing people with the hope of Jesus. He took the worst that this world had to uh, dish out and uh, overcame it all. Speaking of the worst that this world has to dish out, we're going to be remembering that with several other churches on the Friday evening. Good Friday evening, seven o'clock at the Fraser Road Church of God. It's uh, the Beaver, Beaver Road exit off the I-75. If you need directions, uh, I can help you with that. Or you can go to the Facebook page, and there's an event there, and uh, you can click on it. gives you the address and how to get there. We're going to be joining with about uh, five, six other churches. Just remember, uh, Jesus sacrificed for us Friday evening, so I encourage you to be there, to be a part of that. So will be good to worship together again. We haven't been able to do that. Uh um, so I think it'd be great. to get this Amen. COVID thing, man, and get together, and be with people. Woo! All right, so somebody's got to do it. Uh, hey, if you want to give to Jesus through the church, you can do that. If you're online through the Tithely app or by mailing a check, all that information is in the description of the event. Or if you are here, you can put the uh, your donations in the offering box. It's uh, located by the doors to this uh, worship area. And uh, we like to do that. By the way, if you uh, want to donate toward the uh, Roof Project, please mark it as Roof. as R-O-O-F. Roof, roof. And uh, <laughs> some of you laughed. I appreciate that. Even if it was out of pity. And uh, we would, uh, it would go for that project. Thank you very much. I'm
1: done. Well, on past Sunday, the people waved their palms and they also, I was reading this morning, I hadn't thought about it, that they also threw down their coats, clothing, do it in front so that Jesus went over it with his donkey and so they were sacrificing some some of them building clothing that they had Mm. so it made me think what are we willing to sacrifice to declare him our savior and our god of the city so let's stand and think about that as we sing He is the God of the city. Who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and we looked the other way. He was despised and we didn't care. Yet it was our weaknesses that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God. A punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, like sheep, we've gone astray. We've left God's paths to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all.
2: As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into the village over there, he said. As soon as you enter it, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks what you are doing, Just say, the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. This took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God for the Son of David! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord! Praise God in highest heaven! The entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this they asked and the crowds replied. It's Jesus the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee Good morning,
3: morning. morning. Today we're going to learn about more about fasting Over 2,000 years ago Jesus spoke on many topics ranging from anger to prayer, fasting to divorce. His words were revolutionary then, and still ring as true to us now. But would he preach the same message today as he did back then? Let's find out together. Today we are going to look into the topic of fasting and what it means for us in this age. We are going to dive into scripture and into the words of Jesus on fasting. But let's ask some questions before we get into scripture, okay? What is fasting? How should we fast? When should we fast? What should we be fasting from? What is the purpose of fasting? And does God bless our efforts? In Psalm 69.10, the psalmist writes, when I weep and humbled my soul with fasting, it became my reproach. Let's pause here. I just feel like we need to just pray one more time before we start this, get into this message really deep. Alright? Oh Lord, you are here with us now. Thank you for being with us. And please prepare our hearts for the message that we're about to receive. Let it stick in our minds and stick in our hearts to transform us into people that you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, Psalm 69.10 again. When I wept and humbled my soul with fasting, it became my reproach. Psalm 109.24 says, my knees are weak through fasting. My body has become gaunt, with no fat. Nehemiah one four says, As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days. And I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven. Now what do those scriptures mean? Well, fasting requires us to humble our whole selves to God's lordship. And we fast from food, mostly. So some physical changes will happen to us if we fast long enough. Just like the psalmist said that his body became gaunt, had no fat left on his, his visible face. Because our bodies need nourishment, but so do our souls. So sometimes we need to fast so to better feed our souls. And lastly, our prayers should be more often accompanied by fasting. As we hear God speak to us, we need to take time to discern those messages and what they mean for our lives. Fasting and prayer are a good way to do just that. All right, the main scripture for today. In Matthew 6, verses 16 through 18, Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, had just spoken about prayer and what it means to pray. And now he's moving on to fasting, as they're often accompanied in Scripture. <coughs> Verse 16 starts, And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have reached their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Now what does that mean? As it goes with prayer, Jesus calls us to fast in secret and humility. Fasting should humble us anyway, but we should not boast in the action of fasting. As we fast, we should look and act as we normally do, so as not to draw attention to ourselves. Unless, of course, you're a person who draws attention to yourselves all the time, then maybe you should should tamper that down a little bit. Just say, God looks at the heart, our intent, and our will as we do things, especially spiritual disciplines and things we do for him. We should not seek the approval of others, but God's approval. God wants us to enjoy spending time with the Trinity in communion, just as we did last week. As we celebrated communion, we celebrated with the Trinity in that celebration. God did not want us to hate to fast. He doesn't want us to hate to fast. But he wants us to see it as an opportunity to spend more concentrated time with them. So, when you fast, it's about spending concentrated time with God. Matthew 9, we're moving ahead a couple chapters. Jesus speaks again. Neither is new wine put into old wineskins. If it is, the skins will burst, and the wines will spill, and the skins are destroyed. But new wine is put into fresh wineskins, and so both are preserved. Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the wedding guests mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts on a piece of unshrunk cloth unto an old garment, for the patch tears away from the garment, and the worst tear is made. And any of us who sew or have sewn something together know this to be true. You have to make sure that the cloths match. Otherwise, you're just going to make a bigger hole in your piece of clothing. And that's what Jesus was saying. You can't put something something new on something old and expect it to work. You can't put something old on something new and expect it to work. They both have to be new together. New wine, new wineskin. New patch for the garment but they have to be matched in some way so that they don't tear each other apart. And with new wine becomes new power. And with new power, we become a new person. Just as the song that we listen to, which is called New Wine by Hillsong, was saying, the Holy Spirit is working to create in us Mm -hmm. a new wine, a new power, and a new freedom out of us. And that's what I think fasting can do for us. It can create a new person. It can transform us. Jesus calls us to pray and to fast as we await his return. We should fast according to his call in our lives, not because we have to. Do not look at fasting as a duty. Do not look at it as something we must do, but something that we get to do. We get to seek God first as we lay down earthly distractions. Also, we should not fast so that others may congratulate us on our diligence, lest our reward be that congratulations. No, we should fast as a part of our spiritual rhythms, not just once a year during Lent, which is when it is most common for us to do so, but we should fast as we are led to, so let's say you have something that you've heard from God and important coming up. And you don't know what to do with it. You don't know how to manage it with your life. I suggest and I challenge you to pray and to fast during that time, according to your body's needs, according to your health. If you are too sick to fast, do not do it. If you have an illness which prevents you from doing so, fast from something else besides food. Whether it be social media, um, watching another episode of your favorite TV show, or something else. Just, just change the time that you spend to be a more focused time with God. Because God will lead you, and God will help you discern what it is that He sent to you in order to move on to a place where he wants you to be. Skipping ahead a couple chapters again in Matthew... We come to chapter 11, verses 16 through 19. And Jesus is speaking again to a whole crowd of people, as he does many times in Matthew. He preaches in a lot of sermons. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, He has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by our deeds. More scripture. Looking back into the Old Testament, let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And especially looking at verse 4. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born, and a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, verse 4, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. What was Jesus saying in Matthew there? What was the writer of Ecclesiastes saying there in chapter 3? Let's look more into that. Jesus was saying that worshiping him includes both eating and drinking in merriment, as well as fasting in solitude. We cannot live our lives in a constant state of partying or staying still. I know a lot of you here are party animals, <laughs> but you, sometimes you got to stand still and listen to God. Life requires rhythms, ebb and flow, work and rest, fun and meditation, and planting and harvest. The writer of Ecclesiastes tells us that we need to remember that there is a time for mourning and a time for dancing. Jesus did both in his time here on earth, and so should we. We shall mourn loss when it's appropriate, and dance when we recognize the blessings in our lives, and when circumstances allow us to So what is fasting? How should we fast? When should we fast? What should we be fasting from? What is the purpose of fasting? And does God bless our efforts? Well, I think in scripture and in studying this topic, I found some answers. Fasting itself is abstaining from usually food or drink for a period of time to gain spiritual clarity in a situation or as a practice done as worship to God. So it's something that can be done to draw us closer to God in a different way. How should we be fasting? Well, in humility and in secret. Don't, when you're you're going to fast, and and I say when, not if, when you're going to fast, do not post about it. Do not wear all black and cover yourself in dust Don't look like you're going to a funeral, but live in joy. Because you're going to get to spend time with God. And that should bring us joy. That should not bring us into a solemn mood where we're dreading the next day. But fasting should bring us closer in our relationship with God. When should we fast? Well, we should fast when we are led to and when we are to seek God intensely for answers. Also in Scripture, um, in the Gospels, Jesus tells his disciples that only certain types of demons and certain situations can be conquered and dealt with with prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. So sometimes certain situations call for fasting. And food, what should we fast from? Food or something else for a certain time frame, and from sinful behaviors. So it's also a time for us to look at our behaviors and look at our actions and our thoughts, and go back and say, "What is it that I need to stop doing in order to fast with God?" It may be something very serious or maybe something very small, but whatever takes us away from our experience with God, we need to set aside and go with it. And the purpose of fasting is to have a transformative time with God it is not to just stop eating those Oreos late at night it's not to skip a bunch of meals to lose five pounds although that may happen fasting is a time to, with God Transforming from the inside out and in a way that cannot be done through other means with God. Does God bless our efforts? Yes, he does. See it for yourselves. When you fast, see for yourselves what it is that God will do for you. Sermon in a sentence. Now is the time to fast. Now is the time to transform. I look around and I see mostly mature believers around me. And online I probably see some mature believers as well, but you may be new. But we all have time to transform. We all have something that is not Christ-like in our lives. And fasting is a conduit for which you can transform your life and change to become more like Jesus. I don't know what it is. Only you and God know. and maybe a close friend to us. But now is the time to fast. Now is the time to transform your lives. For fasting is a private matter between you and God. Fasting is not a showboat of Christian maturity or discipline. Jesus called us to fast and to pray when we need strength to get through tough times. Do not fast just to go through the motions like we sometimes do during Lent, to say that we've been doing it. But allow God to bless you through your time of fasting. Because God wants you to enjoy time with him. Not view it as a chore or a bore or something that you just don't want to do. The Trinity sees it as a time of communion and a time of celebration of them with you. Now, I challenge you today. I challenge you. How will you fast? When will you What will you fast from? And I'm thinking, now is the perfect time. Now is the time to fast. Now is the time to transform. We should fast this Holy Week in preparation for Easter. For who knows what God's going to do in this place. I hope it's something amazing in our people, in our community. We should fast this Holy Week. And intentionally be with other people in this community. Intentionally being with God. And intentionally fasting this week. In preparation for a time of celebration for our risen King Jesus. And then, after this week, we should be fasting on a rhythmic basis. We should choose times and places to fast and things to fast from, to draw us closer to God. But not in a way that becomes a duty, that it becomes like taking out the trash every week, which is what I do every week. It shouldn't become like that. something I don't look forward to, but have to do anyway. It should become something we look forward to, something that we so choose to do to get closer with God so that we can be a better people and reach more people for him. For the world is dark, and we are called to be light. And what better way to become more like light than to spend time with the creator of light? And fasting is a way to do that. So I don't know if you want to start today or tomorrow, what meal you want to skip, what thing you want to stop doing for a short time. And not just to stop doing it, just go back to it, but to maybe take time to realize that thing may not be necessary in your life anymore. We should take time to fast regardless. I know I'm going to, and I want you to join with me in fasting this week. Let us pray. Heavenly One. Thank you for the blessing of your scripture, of your message today about fasting. For we want to spend time with you. We truly do. We want to spend time where you examine our hearts and our lives so that you may remove anything that sticks out so that we can become more and more like Jesus. Give us strength this week. Give us purpose in our fasting. Give us the time and the energy back so that we may serve you better. Help us to join together as a body of believers in prayer and fasting for this Easter holiday and for the rest of the days ahead. Let us become one in unity to reach our community as we fast and we pray this week. Lord God, you reign over all. Pray over our hearts and over our lives as we pray and we fast this week. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
2: This
0: time of worship is over, but our time of work has just begun. You are sent in Jesus' name. Go. Serve Him by loving people. In His name. Amen.